You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. So sports may be hard to come by at the moment. Nothing's permanent. I'm not saying it's permanent. But The Dan Patrick Show is impossible to miss. From our podcast to YouTube to the iHeartRadio app. Listen any way you want, anytime, anywhere. (coughs) Get away from me. Probably at your house. I'm just going to make some assumptions. Patrick. Welcome to the Dan Patrick Show. Hank Aaron, Hall of Famer. I've been watching you show you, you're doing a magnificent job. Bringing you the biggest guests and best sports talk on air. Daniel Jeremiah, star of the NFL Network. If you could get a totally honest answer with Tom Brady on any topic, what would you want to know about? Tom, if you were the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens with their personnel, how many Super Bowls would you have won there? I bet you if he told the truth, he'd say 10. Really? You've got the, arguably the greatest middle linebacker of all time, arguably the greatest free safety of all time, one top three left tackle in NFL history in, in Jonathan Ogden. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. He just blew my mind there. This is Dan Patrick. Made it to a Thursday. It's hour one. Glad to have you part of the program. If you're listening, watching, tweeting, emailing, doing all the above, Come on in and stay a while. Great guest list again. we got the great Jack Nicholas in an hour from now. Jim Nance, hello, friends. We'll talk about the Masters in November. Ernie Johnson will join us on loan from TNT and call him Dr. Myron Roll, the former NFL defensive back, went to Florida State, and now a doctor at Mass General Hospital. He'll join us coming up in a little bit. You can get in touch with the program. You can email. You can tweet. You can also dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. We say good morning to our radio partners. And, of course, those watching on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Those in the chat row with Tyler, the monitor, uh, taking care of you guys. Uh, Paulie's in front of me. Fritzy at home. McLevin at home. Seton at home. We'll get to a poll ca- uh, question. Play of the day. Stat of the day. All of that coming up. Sports world is starved for content. We know that Tom Brady delivered Wednesday in a big way. He's delivered a couple days. Thank you, Tom. I owe Tom some of my paycheck there. He did a long, wide-ranging interview with Howard Stern. And he wasn't quite as open as some guests are with Howard Stern. But for Tom Brady, who hasn't said much in 20 years, by comparison, uh, he was sort of an open book there. He talked about uh, his problems in his marriage going to therapy, addressed his friendship with Donald Trump, discussed the role of race in the locker room. For some people, he didn't go far enough, but for others, it was, you know, shockingly open. If anything, it was a reminder that sometimes the superstars are just like us, or at least a little bit like us. Brady complained about Wi-Fi and the house he's renting from Derek Jeter and how difficult it can be balancing work and a marriage. And credit Howard Stern and his interviewing skills. We'll see if Tom Brady continues to be this open as he takes on that new life after life in New England. A couple things stood out. I didn't expect to hear much football-wise because Tom is so adept at not telling you anything about football. Howard you know, probably looked at that and said, all right, let me see if I can do a drive-by with some of these questions. And then he probably got bored because he wasn't hearing anything that was really titillating. Then he kind of honed in on who Tom Brady really is, and that's the family life. You know, what was it like growing up? Did you smoke pot in high school? Did you drink? Then you start to talk about balancing your career, and you have 
a wife who's one of the most famous women in the world and makes more money than you. And that's where you strike gold with something like this because Brady goes to these press conferences. He's interviewed every Monday on WEEI in Boston. He's interviewed by Jim Gray on Monday nights for the Monday Night Football on Westwood One. He's used to avoiding dodging downplaying football. Those questions. Because WEEI and Jim Gray, they're not going to be asking about Giselle. But he's on with Howard Stern. That's what Howard Stern wants to ask you about. He's more interested in that because that interests him. And as an interviewer, you go to sweet spots that interest you. No matter who I have on, there are certain questions I have to ask. But then there are also things where, where can I go and get something out of somebody? Whether it's Jerry West when he talks about his childhood. And he talks about sleeping with the shotgun and the fact that he was going to kill his dad. That's more interesting than basketball because that's life. We, we can admire somebody on the basketball floor, or baseball field, or a football field. But when they start talking about something that could be personal to us as well, or we've lived in that moment where your father's abusing your mother and he's 12 years of age and he's got a shotgun and he's going to kill his dad. Dale Earnhardt Jr. talking about his home burning down right in front of his eyes. And he's thinking, I got to go now live with my dad. And what about my Christmas gifts? That's what I wanted to know. Less dramatic with Tom Brady, but he's talking about going to a marriage counselor with his wife. And his wife is saying, look, the season just ended. And now you're going to go to a voluntary workout. You got to get home. I got kids here and she's got a career as well. But that's what I liked because they're just like everybody else. Those conversations. I, you know, I'm, I'm adamant that Giselle not tried to sabotage Tom's career, but certainly tried to speed up the process to get him retired. Because a couple of years ago when she went on the CBS morning show, she's the one that brought up concussions. Tom has not brought him up. Now, he did have to address it. I think she was saying, look, we're done with this. Your legacy... Let's come home now. Now we have to have a life together. And I really believe that she was trying to expedite that. But, you know, kudos to Howard to get him. Because once you get him, he plays by your rules. They come into your studio, they're on your show, they play by your rules. And Tom knew that. Now, could he have been a little bit more open about his relationship with Donald Trump or uh, Colin Kaepernick and the impact that it had on the locker room around the NFL? Yes. But I didn't go into this thinking Tom is going to spill that much. I was surprised he was doing it. I don't know if this is a new Tom Brady. Uh, you know, the two interviews I've done, well, I've done three interviews with him. One for ESPN, the magazine. One prior to the Super Bowl with the Eagles. And one where he was on the show after he'd won a Super Bowl. But those are all football related. Although ESPN, the magazine was a little bit more fun questions not necessarily X's and O's with football. And even the interview I did with him at the Super Bowl prior to the Eagles uh, matchup, I did try to delve into the whole Brady-Belichick relationship. And it's one of those answers that I'm always going to think of when I think of Tom Brady, just because I'm looking at him and saying, do you think you and Bill will ever open up the scrapbook and take a trip down memory lane? And he looked at me like, are you crazy? And he goes, no. And like, 
of all the things Brady has ever said, that will stay with me for the rest of my life when you say, hey, Brady and Belichick. And I always think of, no, like that answer. It's just like he laughed. He's like, you got to be kidding me. That's not what Bill does. But uh, Brady did talk about his legacy on the Howard Stern Show. This is courtesy of Sirius XM, and uh, this is what he had to say. I never cared about legacy. I mean, I, I could give a about that's never I never once when I was in high school said, man, I can't wait for my what my football legacy looks like. I mean, that's a very it's just not me. That's not my personality. So why would I choose a different place? It's because it was just time. I don't know what to say other than that. Like I had done everything. I accomplished everything I could in two decades with an incredible organization, incredible group of people, and that will never change. And no one can ever take that away from me. No one can ever take those experience or Super Bowl championships away from us. All right. They're too busy playing sometimes. We worry about legacies. How many times do you hear this? I've, I'm even guilty of this. Oh, gosh, you know, I wish he would have retired a year earlier. It's their careers. If Tom Brady wants to play till he's 45, great. Michael Jordan, I saw where Jerry Stackhouse says, I wish Michael hadn't come back to play with us with the Washington Wizards. Okay, but for Michael, it was important. But it was also important to become part owner of that team. It was important for the business side of Michael Jordan. And if Tom Brady wants to play, if Drew Brees wants to play, you know, Peyton Manning at the end of his career, I didn't want to see him play another year. You know, he sort of got through that year, you win a Super Bowl, and then you're done. You know, there's certain players where you just go, I'd rather not remember you that way, but that's me being selfish. I hope Brady plays two more years, three more years, because my Buccaneers, of course, are going to make the playoffs and they're going to bring back the creamsicles, so then it comes back to me. This is about my memories here. But uh, uh, Brady, good for him, you know. If uh, he, he's fine with the legacy, and this doesn't do anything to his This can add to his legacy. This does not subtract from his legacy. It does not. In my opinion, it's if he doesn't make the playoffs the next two years and he's an average quarterback, I don't think we're going to go, yeah, but the Buccaneer years. Remember when he went to Tampa Bay? When somebody goes, oh, Johnny Unitas with the Chargers or Joe Namath with the Rams. I like how we say we don't remember that, but we always bring it up. Does anybody know what stats they had? We just know that they went there and they weren't that good. Yeah, but the Charger years for Johnny Unitas. Um, here is uh, Tom Brady talking about uh, his uh, loyalty with Bill Belichick and vice versa. I think he has a lot of loyalty, and I think he and I have had a lot of conversations that nobody's ever been privy to, and nor should they be, that so many wrong assumptions were made about our relationship or about how he felt about me. I know genuinely how he feels about me. I also love this. This is one where Brady realized, and Tom's dad gave us a heads up on this a couple of years ago. He said at some point, and I'm paraphrasing, Belichick will move on from Tom like he does everybody else. And I remember when we were going through this whole process, I said, always remember, to Belichick, it's business. To Brady, it's personal. It's always personal with the employee. The employer has to make it business. 
Here is what he had to say about Belichick being Belichick. I'm not going to respond to every rumor or assumption that's made other than what his responsibility as coach is to try to get the best player for the team, not only in the short term, but in the long term as well. So what I could control was trying to be the best I could be in both of those situations also. So I got into uncharted territory as an athlete because I started to break the mold of what, you know, so many other athletes had experienced. So I got to a point where I was old, I was an older athlete and he started a plan for the future, which is right. what his responsibility is. And I don't fault him for that. I mean, that's what he should be doing. That's what every coach should be doing. Also understand Brady benefited from this style that Belichick had, that you could get rid of players. They were interchangeable. Except for Brady, he was the constant. Bill didn't discriminate. He'd get rid of young and old, all-pro, future Hall of Famer, or a guy who was just hanging. He had. He didn't care. He He's a businessman. We get caught up in, oh, gosh, you must have a great relationship. All the memories. He got rid of all of them. Troy Brown, Lawyer Malloy. I mean, run down the list. Richard Seymour. He didn't care. It's like, this is business. In our minds, Brady was telling us before last year when he sold his house and when his trainer partner put up his house as well. He was saying, this is my last year. We just didn't want to believe it. Uh, Somehow Rex Ryan got involved in this conversation. It's only Rex Ryan can, who's now retired. He works for the mothership. Uh, You know, the conversation was, uh, I guess, who is more important for the success? Who would you rather have, you know, Brady or Belichick? And, And we mentioned this yesterday. You know, who's more responsible for the success of the Patriots? And to me, it's a no brainer. It's Belichick. And then Rex Ryan got involved in this. Uh, Rex said, if I've got to take one, I'm taking Brady. Ryan said he would have won a trophy case full of Lombardis if he had been coaching a quarterback as great as Brady. And although Ryan called Belichick the best of all time, he added that he doesn't think Belichick would have done as well if he would have been stuck with a bad quarterback like, say, Geno Smith, who Ryan coached in his last two years with the Jets. Rex goes on to say, let's give him somebody else. Let's give him Geno Smith. Let's give him whoever, and let's see how many Super Bowls he would have won. We saw the answer was zero in Cleveland. Oh, Rex. Rex can be a clown sometimes. (laughs) Didn't Rex draft Geno Smith? So you're right. Bill Belichick would not have won these Super Bowls with Geno Smith. But Bill Belichick wouldn't have drafted Geno Smith and gave him the keys to his offense there. So, I mean, Brady was, what, a sixth-round pick? He was pick number 199? I mean, he found somebody. Rex took Geno Smith. And, you know, I feel bad for Geno Smith. He gets brought back into this. He did call Rex a snake, but, you know, Here's Rex, who's had quite a couple of weeks here where, uh, you know, what he called Amari Cooper and uh, now bringing Geno Smith into this. And the fact that Belichick didn't win in Cleveland therefore proves that, uh, hey, it's all about Tom Brady. 
Bill could have won a Super Bowl, I think, with a couple other quarterbacks in there as well. But he probably would have been smart enough to say, Geno Smith's probably not the quarterback that we want. Yes, McLovin, good morning. Good morning. So you know ESPN. Are they going to promote the heck out of Rex Ryan in the coming weeks? He's on this role. They must love this stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's doing what he's supposed to do. I mean, this is what Rex did as a coach. I mean, he's he's sort of the, the ex-coach who's, you know, bought into the Skip Bayless playbook. I mean, say things. Put it out there. Who cares if you need to back it up with any stats or something? But Rex is creating headlines, and that's what they want. Absolutely. You know, factually, I have some issues with that, but that's okay. Don't worry about that. Just have some fun and throw it out there. All right, we'll get some uh, poll question suggestions here. What are you leaning towards, McLovin? By the way, the Masters would have been started. It would have started already today, and we'll talk to Jim Nance. So Jim Nance was going to have the national title game, and then he was going to have the Masters. You know, back-to-back, biggest events that you, you can have, and uh wonder what he's doing quarantined although i will say if i'm quarantined where jim lives i'd be okay i'm okay i I would be fine with that mclovin what do you have poll question wise okay we have a scorcher but i'm going to ask you a question first all right do you and you actually comment on this do you really believe tom brady when he says he doesn't care about his legacy because a lot of people were skeptical about that i i think he knows it's firmly established I don't think he can hurt it. Now, I don't know if he's ever cared about his legacy. I would say I doubt that. When he won that fourth Super Bowl, I have to believe he's thinking, if I get to five, now all of a sudden I've got more than my childhood idol, Joe Montana. So do I think that that he had that? Yes. Now the debate is over, so maybe he doesn't think about his legacy. But when he won his fourth, I have to believe he's thinking, if I win my fifth, I mean, we're talking about that with, you know, Kobe going after Jordan, with LeBron going after Jordan. I think they think of their legacies, and I feel like Brady is, you know, the same as those guys. You get to that point where you know now you you can't, you know, I've ended the debate. And I think that's what Tom did when he won his fifth. Yeah, Paul. And if he is thinking about it, he must be thinking there's upside in Tampa Bay. If I get a ring in the next two years with Tampa Bay without my old coach, with Bruce Arians, then people, when they say, who was it? Who was the main mm. cog in this? Yeah. He would go scoreboard. Oh, it'll definitely change, I think, the conversation. I would say narrative, but I hate using that word narrative. It changed the conversation where you go, hey, Tom uh, went to a Super Bowl with Tampa. And is Belichick going to go back to the Super Bowl anytime soon? Who goes to a Super Bowl first between those two? Uh, this program brought to you by LegalZoom. LegalZoom has made it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today. The right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. All right, McLovin, what, uh, okay. what, what other uh, options? Do you want do? me to uh, – we all love this poll because we were debating it pre-show. Do you okay. want me to say it now or after You're going to save it because I'm going to take a break, and it's that hot. <laughs> we'll come back with Ernie Johnson on loan from TNT. Your phone calls are welcome. And uh, Jack Nichols coming up at the top of next hour. We'll also talk to Jim Nance, who will join us, and Dr. Myron Roll, the former NFL defensive back. Take a break. 19 after the hour, just getting started on this Thursday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. All right, McLovin, what are you going with? Okay, would you rather be a doctor or a professional athlete? This is off our upcoming guest, Dr. Myron Roll, former standout defensive back, Florida State NFL player. 
So would you rather your kid, sorry, be a doctor or a pro athlete? What I want my kid to be, you know, publicly I would say, well, doctor, of course, because they could <laughs> give back to the community and they could uh, change lives and save lives. But then there's part of me that'd be like, hey, probably an athlete. Because I have four kids and nobody's athletic, I'd, I'd probably say, you know what, if they're a second baseman for the Detroit Tigers for 11 years, I'll take that. I'd be good with that. Any, anybody else joining me with the athlete? Yes, McLovin. Well, second baseman for Detroit Tigers, they probably make $200 million. Baseball salaries are crazy, <laughs> especially anyone up the middle of the field. Forget it. No, I don't think it's even close. Like, athletes are like today's society's gods. There's nothing that's even close. And, There's any, not a single job out there. Anybody taking doctor? Yes, Paul. Well, I, I got to qualify this. Is it podiatrist versus the, <laughs> the ace starter for the Cubs? No, no, no. You're not a high-profile athlete. I'm this. My kid's the second baseman for the Tigers. The Bears quarterback or a proctologist. I'm going Bears quarterback. Actually, I wouldn't want that. They're job. both the same. Yeah. They're both <laughs> crappy both, jobs. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Seton O'Connor. So do we just qualify it then by saying set, take salary out of it and everybody's making 300 grand a year or whatever, no, I think, whatever doctors I, make? I think I got to include the salary. You do? Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah. Athlete all okay. day. Yes, Todd. I'm going to go doctor. As much as I'd love to see my son on some pro team and all that and i'll be excited to go to a stadium and arena to watch uh there's just something about being able to say that your son or daughter is a doctor that uh, would mean more to me than uh, being a good good or great athlete so that'd be just another doctor you wouldn't listen to oh no pretty much yeah that's not necessary <laughs> is it, is it, though? it is necessary i could be better about that. <laughs> yeah i could do better about that I, that's always todd's <laughs> response uh, yeah hey you're working out you know you know we could be better I don't know who we is. You got a mouse in your pocket? I'll go on the treadmill for 45 minutes, <laughs> but then you have like a chicken palm here with Fritos. That doesn't work. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. He's Ernie Johnson, Turner Sports host, host of Inside the NBA, outstanding sports personality, host the winner of uh, the Sports Emmy four times, and he joins us on the program. Ernie, how are you today? DP, I am uh, about as well as uh, you can expect, and I hope you're doing well, too. We're doing okay. Do you have a man cave at the home? I have uh, an office. I don't really call it a man cave. It's, uh, it is an office that has, you know, the... TV and has my my work stuff in there and the memorabilia and that kind of thing. But I I just usually spend a lot of night you know late nights in there when I'm doing uh, research and that kind of thing and homework and when everybody's in, uh, asleep. But um, yeah, it's not it's not a full blown man cave because <laughs> people can walk past it all the time. Kids can walk in, grandkids can walk in, dogs walk in. So it's it's my version. Do you collect sports memorabilia? Not, you know, not intentionally, really. I, it's kind of crazy. I I have a lot of stuff through the years, and I don't know if you do the same thing, but, you know, I'll, I'll throw something in a box. I'll throw a credential in a box. You know, I'll throw various things. And, and the other day, or actually over the last few months, um, my wife and I have kind of said, you need, she said, you need to get rid of some of this stuff that's in the basement or – and so we have a room that's kind of set aside now. And I went through it the other day and I was amazed 
at some of the things that I had kept. Dan, you know, I was started in the radio back in the 70s. And in 1977, I was working at Q105 Radio in Athens. And I actually kept a desk calendar, one of those with the flip over pages. And I, in a box, in the bottom of a box was this desk calendar. So I started looking through it. And then I needed to call Bill Kratzer immediately because Bill was a great golfer at the University of Georgia. I would later work with him 25 years later on the PGA Championship, but here was a note for this December day that was going to be Bill Kratzer day at the University of Georgia golf course. And I needed to go cover it. And it was, it was just very bizarre. And that was kind of like, you know what? It's kind of a good thing that you hold on to some of this stuff. I've, I've been able to throw some away, but I do have some things that kind of have some meaning, you know, after, after years and years. I can't throw stuff away. I mean, that's why I have the man cave. I, I moved into a big man cave or bigger man cave just because I have all of this stuff that I collected and I I knew one day it might come in handy and it has because I I I have a chance to show it all off and I I don't know what I'm yeah. going to do when I retire because this is a I have the best man cave anybody has. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's crazy. And, and, you know you know what's you know what's ridiculous is that I come to this I, I, I have this dilemma. I'm standing in the middle of my basement, and I'm trying to decide if I should throw away this Goodwill Games uh, T-shirt from <laughs> Russia that has a bunch of mysterious, you know, like coffee stains and dirt on it. And I'm saying, well, I can't really hang it up. I don't want people to – but I can't really throw it away either. So, so now it's back in a box, and it's hidden from my wife's. Or, why don't you film this, Ernie? Why don't you Why don't you do a kind of a virtual tour of all the things that you I, might be throwing out? I, I've thought about doing that. I've thought about going down into the because really, I I now have like these two rooms. I have the office upstairs, and I have this place in the basement downstairs, a room that we finished, where I have hung a few things up. You know, and you got a Cal Ripken jersey down there, and I've got a few other you know things and hats from all various events. And memos that were, I've had, I have memos from Turner in the '80s, you know, that I've that I've held on to. And uh, there's just part of me that says, "Don't let go of that." Um, and so, yeah, it, it would kind of be a it would kind of be a fun virtual tour. Right? And these days, we're all looking for fun virtual things to do, aren't we? Absolutely, Ernie Johnson, Turner Sports host and a host of Inside the NBA. What do you miss most about Shaq? Um, his laugh probably and the, and the joy he gets out of uh, coming into work and trying to do something that gets 2 billion YouTube hits. Uh, I think, I think that's probably, uh, but you know, I kind of miss them all for the same reason. I miss him and Kenny and Charles all for that same reason that we just have this kind of this, I can't describe the bond we have, but I've told people that I grew up with two older sisters and this is as close as I'll ever come to having brothers and i just miss hanging with them man you know it's like uh you just miss the little things about being together and doing and doing the show and, and you miss the you know the 215 comments about you know from kenny you know threatening the producer saying we better hurry up these last two segments i gotta get out of here at 215 in the morning <laughs> so i miss all that stuff if i would have told you a month ago this is where we would be with the nba what would you have said um, 
I think I would have, I think I would have believed that at that point. I mean, because it, it, it really has been, you know, it's been a month, and um, that night that uh, that there were no games for the first time, the night after the the suspension, and we had Adam Silver on the show, and just the vibe that we got from him and, and talking to him um, was, you know, like, hey, this is a this is a great unknown, and we just kind of have to wait, and so. I'd never thought at that point that, hey, maybe in a couple of weeks things will be back to normal. Um, but then when I spoke to him earlier this week, again, we had a we had this initiative called, you know, hashtag NBA Together, um, in which we, um, you know, we just kind of catch up to people around the NBA. Might spend 15, 20 minutes, might spend a half hour with them on the phone. And, and I asked him that same thing. I said, Adam, do you know any more than we knew when we spoke a month ago? And he's like, not really. Said I know enough to say that I don't that we're not going to have any kind of a decision in the month of April about where we're going, and um, and so yeah, it's um, I just I just hope we're all coping the right way. And I know you know look, can I be totally honest with you, Dan? I've been okay. I I've been inconvenienced. I can say that. Look, um, there are people out there who are really really struggling during this time. You know, we've been inconvenienced by a schedule. I still am able to do work from my house, you know, to do these interviews and to do like a, a virtual journalism school for, for college kids. And, and, and you know, we're doing okay. But, man, my heart just goes out for those folks who are, who are hoping that, you know, a ventilator shows up and that face masks show up. Um, man, it's... This is this is very hard. I mean, I was watch. I watched that movie Contagion the other night. Yeah. I told myself I wasn't going to do it, yeah, and the neighbor said you should watch it. Yeah. And it's amazing how this 2011 movie mirrors what we're what we're looking at now in many respects. You can uh, see Ernie interviewing some of the biggest names in the NBA on episodes of Hashtag NBA Together Mondays and Wednesdays. Visit at uh, NBA handle on social media. Co-host of the Steam Room podcast with Charles Barkley. Also. Ernie has his uh, journalism school, and uh, you can find out more at Turner Sports EJ. I thought about you yesterday. We had Hank Aaron on, and uh, yeah. you know the anniversary of uh, him breaking Babe Ruth's record, and he he was one of my just one of my favorite people. He's eighty six years of age, and and I thought of your father too. You know, longtime broadcaster for uh, the Braves, and then I thought of Craig Sager because Sager's on the damn field at home plate. <laughs> with a white trench coat, and I'm going, I, only Sager could do it, and I think he has his a little portable radio uh, microphone that he's holding up. As I, It's still yeah. so sur- surrealistic where two guys run on the field, Hank is trying to keep his dignity rounding third, heading for home, and there's Craig Sager chasing him to home plate. With the, with the same haircut. <laughs> from, from Sager, Sager went wire to wire with that. He went wire he to did. wire. Yeah. It never, it never changed. <laughs> and, and it was, and it is amazing to consider that because when you think about these days and, and, and obviously how, how tight security is at all these events that a guy could run out with that trench coat <laughs> with a Radio Shack tape recorder <laughs> no visible credential and that haircut and speak with Hank Aaron as he touches home plate is absolutely stunning. I know. Did, did, the, 
did the hammer remember <laughs> Craig in, in that in that uh, scene at the play? He said one of the guys who came onto the field became a doctor. He remembered his mom holding on tightly. I didn't bring up Sager, but I'm I'm sure Hank probably is wondering. I got all my teammates out here. My mom and some dude in a bad haircut and a trench coat. <laughs> 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 exactly right, but I think I think Craig actually did get like a usable couple of seconds out of that from from hearing the the playback later because you could hear his question like Hey Henry, hey, hey, hey. And, and, and like and then you hear like you know uh, people you know kind of going crazy around him, but that was Sags, you know that was the guy who's like if there was a big event anywhere he wanted to be there even if we weren't covering it and back then he was what he was a radio guy in florida somewhere yeah who had who had, who had gone up there to say i'm going to cover this game but who knew that you know his his designs were to actually you know <laughs> greet henry at the plate uh, it, it was it was that is one of the that was one of the classic it, it's almost like if you were watching a movie where a guy was dreaming about he wished that he wished he had been at at the ballpark when Henry Aaron had seven fifteen, and then he envisioned himself as this guy. But it was a real life deal for Sags, man. I, it's again, I, I shake my head, and it, <laughs> and it just it brings a smile in my face because that's the way that's the way Sags went after it, man. You know, it didn't have to be an assignment like for Turner for him to be at a big event. Oh, too. he just loved it. You know? He he truly oh, yeah. loved going to those events. Um, I'll leave you with this. Uh, at what? Where do you think we're going to get to where we're at the point of no return with trying to squeeze in playoffs here with this season? You got a feel for that? I don't know. I tried to. I tried to get that. I tried to get, you know, really kind of any kind of a timeline from the commissioner the other day, and it would probably be. It mean for me, it'd be all speculation. So I can't. I don't. But I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, you know, where do, you know, if you come back, if you come back in. Uh, in June, and I, I don't know. I mean, can you finish a regular season? That's why there are so many variables. Can you finish a regular season and give a team like the Portland Trailblazers that's number nine right now a chance to move up to eight over 15 games? Uh, I, I don't think, you know, and then you're saying, how is this going to impact next season? Yeah. You know, then then how do you want to – so I'm not so DP. I'm I'm not trying to dodge it, but I am trying to dodge it because I don't want to put something out there that suddenly people are saying, "Oh, I think uh, he thinks it's going to start in June." I have no idea. And I and I and I told the commissioner the other day, I said, "Look, if you know, I, I've heard all these things about going to Vegas and having a tournament and all this stuff and quarantining the teams," I, and I just said, "Unless we can be absolutely certain." And, and and that every medical official has signed off on this and said it's not going to be a you know a, a, a danger to anybody's health. But you better be sure because as long as there is the possibility, yeah. there are worse things in the world than than not being able to crown a champion in the NBA this year. You know, uh, I just think for the greater good, you've got to consider all that. So uh, I hope we're back playing. But man, there's there's a lot more there's a lot more stuff to to consider these days. It's uh, that weighs a lot heavier than that. Hope the family's great. Always great to talk to you, Ernie. Thank you, and uh, hopefully talk soon and have some basketball to talk about. Yeah, we're doing well here. Hope you guys are too, and uh, we'll get through this. And yeah, we'll we'll talk again. And I'll maybe I'll give you a virtual tour of that room.
I, I can't wait. Thank you, Ernie. That's Ernie Johnson, TNT. We'll take a break. We got our play of the day coming up. Jack Nicholas at the top of the hour. And uh, we'll also check in with Jim Nance, who will join us in the final hour of the program. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. (laughs) It's a horse with no name. but Mario, he'll, he'll go, oh, I wasn't alive back then. Well, you spelled Nicholas correctly. Come on. You're better than that. Play of the day. Play of the day brought to you by LegalZoom. They make it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today with the right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Jack will join us coming up at the top of the hour. I just noticed two years ago, Jack Nicholas sent me a birthday gift. He sent me a, a picture that had a montage of a lot of his uh, great golf wins. And then it said, happy birthday, Dan. Smiley face. And then it said, Jack Nicholas. Maybe he was just cleaning out his basement and thought, <laughs> hey, what am I going to do with this thing? Nobody wants this. Oh, I sent one to Van Pelt and Greeny. <laughs> and I'll send one to that Jim Patrick there who left ESPN. But uh, Jack will join us coming up top of the hour. I saw this from uh, Mike Lombardi. Mike Lombardi has uh, worked in some front offices over his career. He's got a GM Shuffle podcast. And he was talking about Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And from what I'm reading, it feels like Mike Lombardi is saying Tua Tonga-Vailoa has broken his wrist twice, which would be new information. And by the way, they don't say which wrist. I'm assuming it's his left one, his throwing one. If it's his right one, I'm not as concerned. Uh, Lombardi said media draft experts don't consider durability and injury histories enough putting together their mock drafts. Uh, He says uh, he's brittle. You can't deny it. You can't deny it. Um, He said two teams have flunked Tungavailoa on his physical. It comes down to this, the fear, like what is going to scare you more? The fear of taking him or the fear of passing on him? I understand if Miami takes him and you don't play in this first year, but if you're trading up to get Tua, that's when the fear really sets in. If you say, I got to go up two spots, if, he, if he's there at five, okay. But if I now have to go up to three, and I have to give up a number one to the Lions to go to three to ensure I get him. Because it it feel I think the Chargers would be interested in him. And the Dolphins are saying they might be interested in Justin Herbert. Okay. Is there a mystery team that might want to go up and get him? And I know it sounds crazy because they have Derek Carr and they have Marcus Mariota. But I do wonder about Tua as a Raider. I, I, they have draft picks. I, I don't know. Because nobody is going to show you their cards. I mean, you're crazy to tell anybody the truth nowadays. And that's why I keep thinking, all right, we're eventually going to get the truth. It'll start to leak out 
maybe two days before the draft. That's when you start to get some real information here. But I can't imagine that if, if the Miami Dolphins have to move up and, and, and offer up a number one pick to the Lions, I don't know. That's when the fear starts to set in, a fear of taking him, not passing. Yeah, McLevin. Uh, we're going to break the internet just based on that statement. Raiders like two, a question mark. Uh, that's very, very interesting. Somebody makes is, a lot of sense. Somebody is going to be interested in one of these quarterbacks. They are. It, it happens every year. It, it, and I don't know. There's always a mystery team where you go, oh, I didn't know that they were interested in him. What are you willing to give up to go up and get him? Is somebody going to wait for Jordan Love to fall into their lap? Like, if, you, if the Dolphins could wait for Jordan Love to develop, that might make more sense if you really like him and you have Ryan Fitzpatrick at least for a year because Jordan Love is not going to be ready for probably two years at the earliest. But got a little bit of time, a little bit of misinformation usually thrown out there. But, uh, you know, that's Mike Lombardi who's well-respected and says that he thinks two has broken that wrist twice. Jack Nicholas will join us coming up in 10 minutes from now here on the Dan Patrick Show.